hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your Good morning. It's time for the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. With Kern County's most listened to realtor and the host of our show, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she's successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. Just Google the McCarty Group. That's M-C-C-A-R-T-Y or call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you and let them make you their next success story. And a good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you doing this morning? Oh, just happy to be here. Just every day I get up and think, you know what? Life's not so bad. That is a great (laughs) way to tackle the morning, I think. Yes, it absolutely is, too. And uh, um, I did bring up the back-to-school thing to my Uh son. Isn't that a little early? Mm, I I, I guess not. One can dream. I'm sorry. I, 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 I... Kids listening, sorry. Yes, um, I was going to say, you know, I I do feel blessed now that mine have flown the coop. Now that they're grown. Yeah, the funny part is, the funny part is, too, uh, I brought it up and it's, I want to say it's August 16th. Uh Uh-huh. He's all, Dad, why are you bringing that up now? Right. I was like, hey, man, I'm just marking my days off on the calendar. (laughs) Parents with young kids in school, you understand. Completely they do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how's how's your weekend going so far? Well, I'm trying to stay cool and still be productive. You know, it's really hard during the summer to want Mm. to get out and get things done. I don't know about you, but... I find myself wanting to stay inside where it's really cool and air-conditioned, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Now, I can't be the only one in Kern County, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you're not. You're not the only one. And it's funny because there's there's part of my garage, I'm like, I want to paint it because it's the drywall with the unfinished. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I found myself on weekends, hopefully I'll finish this weekend, but it's like, all right, I'm doing a six-foot section. Uh-huh. And that'll be like an hour. Then I'm going inside for half an hour to cool off. Oh, that sounds like a great so plan. It's, it's been working okay. All right. So I figure about six more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> just in time for school to start, just, right? Just Something in like time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it looks like we do have a guest in the studio today. Yes. Yeah, who are we speaking with and what's today's topic? Well, this morning we are excited to have uh, the pleasure of speaking with Jenny Holterman. She is the executive director of the Water Association of Kern County. Now, we all know that we are in a severe drought here in Mm. California. And I wanted to find out from Jenny how we got to this point, first of all, Mm. and how residents in Kern County should be responding. 
But before we jump in, I wanted to give our listeners a little bit of real estate news update. Um, so Adelaide, I don't know, have you driven down 18th Street lately uh, near where the Greyhound bus station is located or should I say was located? You know what? I have not been down there in a while. Well, you might not recognize it because the Greyhound bus station is no more. Um, Demolition is coming to a finish and the Greyhound bus station has moved locations. So if you um, were taking the bus um, anywhere, um, don't show up on 18th Street. (laughs) You will definitely miss your bus. (laughs) Absolutely. It's moved about a mile uh, east near the Amtrak station. Um, and they promise it won't be moving anytime soon um, again. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, so the new Greyhound bus station um, is going to be in its, its new location for at least 10 more years, according to their current lease. Mm, have you ever rode a Greyhound? I have. Okay, okay. In fact, my parents sent me to college orientation with a suitcase on a Greyhound bus. Cause <laughs> my dad was a traveling salesman, and he was out of the city that week. And my mom had two little ones, because there's a big age difference between me and uh-huh. my sisters. So they said, here, get on the bus. Bye. Yes. I was and- like, hmm, I'm not feeling the love. <laughs> <laughs> and kids, this is before tablets and oh, electronics. Yeah, yeah date me, and, why don't you? Well, date so, me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm old school too, man. I remember. Bring a book. Absolutely. <laughs> you can only stare out the window for so long. <laughs> hey, so what's going uh, going in that same spot where the, the bus station was? Um, so I know it, it looks like a, an empty dirt lot right now, um, but that's not going to be the case for long. Uh, Church Plaza LLC Uh, who purchased this location and and actually handled the demolition, is planning on building an apartment complex in its place. Hmm. When did uh, Church Plaza LLC actually purchase the lot? Well, uh, according to the Kern County property records, they show that this 20,850-square-foot building sold in the middle of July of 2020 for $1.27 million. That's a lot for a 60-year-old bus station property, don't you think? Yeah, it really is. Oh, my goodness. Does but it... that's prime downtown Downtown's, property. I feel like it's making a little resurgence. I think so. And it looks pretty cool. And now do we know exactly what the apartment complex is going to look like? Um, well, rumor has it that the apartment complex they're going to build there uh, is going to be a four-story, 100-unit mm. building. Uh with or without ground floor retail, they haven't decided hmm. that. Um, frankly, I think it's going to be a ter- terrific uh, addition for that area. Yep. I hate to say it, Adelaide, but the Greyhound bus area really brought that area down. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it attracted some shady characters mm-hmm. to the neighborhood, and frequently uh, individuals that were recently released from prison would be dropped off there. So a nice new apartment complex, I think, is going to be a much better fit. And I can't wait to see what positive impacts uh, it brings for the neighborhood. Yes, and and just thinking about that, too, just the restaurants down there, Mm -hmm. the businesses, I bet you they're going to really appreciate that. we got to shout out Jerry's Pizza. Oh, yeah. Been around for for 20-plus years down there, too, Mm -hmm. so that'll be awesome. Speaking of downtown, though, is there anything else? 
like it even downtown there? Uh, yes, there is. Sage Equities, who's a local developer, actually has two newer apartment complexes that might be comparable. Uh, 17th Place Townhomes and The Q. So according to a recent article in the Bakersfield Californian, uh, which said, quote, Bakersfield Sage Equities has one multi-story apartment building under its belt in the quarter known as East Chester, hadn't heard that term hmm. before, hmm. Uh, and has begun work on two more. Principal Austin Smith said by email, the company's waiting list for rental units is long and growing. Wow. And they saw a strong and healthy demand for high-end units with walkable amenities in our city center. Mm -hmm. So I really think that a high-end apartment complex would be a great fit for that location. Lord knows there's certainly a demand for housing. Absolutely. Two things to mention. Mm -hmm. Downtown Bakersfield is getting cool. Like the town of Bakersfield is cool. And we're going to have to get together our duet. Me on guitar, you on tambourine again. All right. And start doing some shows down there, right? Sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we do got to take a break. Is that okay? Okay, sure. Works works for me. <laughs> but when we get back, I'm going to introduce our guest, Jenny Holterman, Executive Director of the Water Association of Kern County. All right. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute after this short break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Request an in-person tour, find out the value of your home, and see the McCarty Group's success stories. Ranked number 10 in North America for Coldwell Banker last year, and the only Kern County realtor to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's Top 100 Agents for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR, 1560 a.m., 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And so, Lori, are you ready to introduce your guest? Oh, definitely. So without further ado, I am honored and privileged to introduce our guest today, Jenny Holterman. She is the Executive Director of the Water Association of Kern County. So, Jenny, welcome. Thanks for having me. You bet. How are you doing this morning? Good. Good, thanks. Yeah. Great. So, 
help our audience get to know you and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, so we are the Water Association of Kern County. It's a local nonprofit here, and we focus on water education and outreach. Okay. So um, during, we are the non-political arm of water. Okay. <laughs> if water can be non-political. I was going to say, can water be non-political? <laughs> <laughs> but we focus on just educating the public about the various different water sources here, um, water users, and especially this time of year, we focus on water conservation. That is our big, our big thing this summer, uh, every summer. So especially during this drought time, we try and teach as many people about conservation as possible. Um, Perfect. Yep. So what is your, do you have a mission statement? Yep. Our mission statement is just to inform and educate the um, public about water issues um, via education and outreach. Perfect. Okay. Um, So you mentioned that the Water Association is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Um, Where do you get your funding from? (laughs) So I'll step back a little bit and tell you um, we were founded in 1955 um, when the California Aqueduct was being put in. Okay. Um, so we established the Water Association as a means to educate the public about why we needed the California Aqueduct. Right, because that didn't make a lot of sense no. back then, did it? <laughs> and, and how that aqueduct would kind of benefit Kern County and the benefits it would bring here, the water it would bring here, and what we would do with that water here. Um, so we were founded by various different water users, people that needed the water. Um, and we still, to this day, our membership is is everybody who needs water. So we, our membership um, includes municipalities, our public mm-hmm. purveyors, our cities. Okay. Uh, it also includes water districts. All of our all of our water districts, whether they're agriculture water districts, anybody who supplies water, um, and then of course commercial, um, you know, oil companies and and such mm-hmm. like that. So we really, all of our members are basically everybody in Kern County. Right. Um, so it's a great, um, great opportunity that we, you know, include all of these different businesses that rely and depend on water to, to function. Um, and that includes all of our membership. So we are primarily, all of our funds come from our membership dollars. Okay. Um, and then, of course, we have different events throughout the year um, as well. We host a large water summit in the spring. I was going to say, tell us about some of those those events. Mm-hmm. So every spring we host the Kern County Water Summit. How come I've never heard of it? I don't know. Because I haven't been paying attention, huh? So we have about 400 people that attend it every year. Okay. Um, and it's all water professionals. So people not just from Kern County, but Sacramento, Washington, D.C. We have a lot of water professionals around the state that come to Kern County for for our water summit. And we have various different speakers on federal water issues, state water issues, um, you know, high elected officials that come and talk to us, high up in Department of Water Resources, the State Water mm-hmm. Resources Control Board, those types of things. Talking about various different things. This last year, our big topic, of course, was Sigma and CV salts and some of the new regulations that are coming into a place as well as different studies um, that have been done, economic impacts, and what is going to be the economic impacts of less water for our our county and our state. So those are some of the topics that we cover on our Water Summit. Great. So that's educating water professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you educate the public yes. about water issues? Uh, do you have some outreach events? Mm-hmm. So... Um, 
in May as well, we hosted a water conservation day, and that was a fun event um, at Jastro Park downtown, Mm -hmm. and it was open to the public to come and learn about water, and all of our local municipalities and purveyors were were present that are members of of our organization to educate people about what is going on in in their local area. and then, of course, you know, fun things for the kids. We had face painting and balloon animals and mm-hmm. all kinds of, you know, fun little things. Um, so that was a big conservation day that we do. And then all summer long, we do a promotion advertising campaign. So, you know, we wrap get buses with fun little things, um, billboards, radio ads, TV ads. Um, I'm on the new news about once a week um, talking about different water conservation tips and tricks that are easy for you to do at home. So those different things is what we focus on all summer to try and promote to the average consumer. Perfect. So obviously we can't talk about water issues without talking about the drought. Yes. Um, can you shed some light for those of us who haven't been following it as sh- as intently as I'm sure you have? How do we get to this point where we have such a shortage of water? That's a long answer. We be here all. <laughs> we don't day. have time for that. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it was a over the years, um, you know, a series of decisions after decisions after decisions have led us to where we are today. Um, but ultimately. You know, over the last 50, almost 60 years now, we haven't Mm -hmm. built any new infrastructure in our state. Um, No new dams, no new reservoirs, no new canal systems, no aqueducts. It's all been the same since the 70s, essentially. You can imagine our population in California has grown significantly since Mm -hmm. then as well. Um, And there's a lot more demand for the water, that we have no new water supply. We are using everything that we have so no new water but lots of more demand um, on our water supply and of course less rain um you know we haven't we have very little rainfall i know (laughs) there are days that i enjoy that but there are days that i'm like okay we could use a little more Mm -hmm. please Mm -hmm. so uh, you know a series of you know all of those events um and you know increase of regulations we have a significant amount of regulatory things that we deal with here in the state, um, and we protect a lot of um, environmental um, things here. So all of those have kind of led us to where we are today. So it's just a a conglomeration of various different aspects. Okay. So can you tell us who the biggest users of water are in California? I mean, I've heard people say that it's ag that uses the most water. Is that true? So a general stat that you will hear everywhere is that agriculture uses 80% of the water is what you usually hear, and 20% goes to urban. Well, that's in that's not accurate. That, that doesn't can't. encompass what's called, um, so in the olden days they used to call it produced water and unproduced water. Okay. Um, so actually the environment takes about 50% of the water that we have here in California. They don't consider that sometimes when you're looking at statistics and in Sacramento because that's not, um, you know, a use of water. Okay. It's, um, so then agriculture uses 40% and the urban uses the 10. So if you take out that 50, that's where they usually get that 80 and 20 statistic. But it's not accurate. You need to consider all of our water here. And 50% of it is used to protect the environment um, and other things like that. So what can you tell someone who is a homeowner um, who's listening right now 
um, about why they should be concerned about conserving water? Well, like I said, we, we really don't have any new sources of water. So we have a huge demand on our water system and um, it's not getting any better. Back in 2014, they, the legislature passed the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act, most commonly known as SIGMA. And that is a series of plans, legislation that was put into place that to control our groundwater um, supply. So a lot of people just think, well, I turn on the faucet and water comes out. Well, <laughs> today it does. But with the series of regulations that are coming down and our um, non-consistent, reliable water supply from our state and our federal systems of water, that caused us to be very... Um, caused us to rely more on our groundwater supply. Back in the, you know, before 2000s, um, mm -hmm. you, the, the state water system used to give us, you know, X amount of money, X amount of water, sorry, that we are contracted to get. Same with the federal, um, federal system. Well, after that, we haven't received 100% since. Late, okay. I mean, in the last 20 years, it's been, you know, maybe 80, 75, in the last 10 years, it's been about 15, 20% of what we get. So when we don't get 100% of that water, we're relying on our groundwater and we've been pumping our groundwater. And now um, our county is at what's called overdraft, critically overdraft, meaning we are so pumping more that. water than mm -hmm. we are putting back into our aquifer. Oh. So our aquifer is depleted. Uh, mm -hmm. um, so those wells that we've been using so much of are are not gonna be there for very much longer. And that's why they put Sigma into in place to monitor our groundwater to say, okay, you've been pumping more than you've been putting back in. You're, by the time Sigma goes into full effect, they want us to be sustainable by 2040, everybody, your well will be monitored and you will be told how much water you can pump off of your well. Um, everybody, everybody, everybody with a private well. This is what they'll be. <laughs> so it, it's it's um, it is going to affect every single person, and um, we all need to be cognizant of our of our usage and uh, work together to resolve this. Okay, so am I understanding correctly that um, if I live on um, agriculture type property and um, I have my own well um, who has the right to that water that I'm pumping well, do I own it or does someone else technically when you buy property you buy the water beneath it you know if you have oral mm -hmm. rights you might buy the oil beneath it as well um, yeah it's it's yours but the state is going to to monitor that and make sure that you're not depleting it and taking up more than your fair share essentially which they will determine what my fair share is right <laughs> so essentially but sigma is is currently trying to formulate by basins so we okay. belong to the kern subbasin here and uh, all of the water districts essentially are come together and create a plan mm -hmm. to make it so that our district is sustainable okay. so we're not overdrafting we're not taking up more than we than we use um, so essentially all of those districts are coming together and they are going to, to tell landowners to tell how much water they can use to keep, to keep us here um, sustainable into the future. So in theory, it's our, district, um, our districts here will 
will determine how much we can use, but we have to meet the standards. So the state is setting the, the scorecard, essentially, and we have to figure out here how we can meet that scorecard. Okay, that makes sense. Um, are there any additional um, new tougher water restrictions um, that we need to be aware of? Well, um, there's this program called CV Salts that's also coming down the pipeline. So it's Central Valley Salts, and it monitors um, the water quality, essentially, too. Okay. Um, so that's um, being worked on to kind of ensure that our water quality standards are the best that they can be. So it will monitor for nitrates. It'll monitor for salinity and those types of things to ensure that um, we're not, you know, hurting the quality of water that will be um, very largely impactful to our area as well okay uh, can you tell us how that's going to impact us well it'll make sure that our you know the quality of water is what the state dictates as safe um, so whether that be so for those... drinking or for you know agriculture uses for domestic water supply Again, the state creates the scorecards, and we have to make sure we match them. Okay. So what I'm hearing, and maybe I'm hearing wrong, is that perhaps those state standards are going to be uh, more stringent than what we're currently abiding by. Um, it could be. It could also be, you know, some of those things are probably maybe not monitored by the state. So you okay. might, you know, you probably, you know, whoever is your water supplier is testing your water. Of course. Um, but they, we all might have different standards across the state. Ah. So what one person has as a standard might not be, you know, a couple counties away. So that's trying to make us all uniform and all one big happy family. And unfortunately, <laughs> how things go here is not necessarily how things go in other parts of yeah. the state. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I hear a lot about water being dumped out in the ocean. Mm. Um, and that is really the cause for our water issues. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, dump is a strong word. Okay, <laughs> sorry, but that's how I've heard yes. it referenced. Okay. So that's commonly referring to the delta, right? right? And the water that leaves the delta. Um, so there is a statistic that about 76% of the water that's used in the delta is released out to the ocean. Okay. So 76%. Um, that is a pretty significant amount when, so the general statistics are about 100,000 acre feet a day or 10 million acre feet a year of water okay. that is released from the delta into the ocean. So that's to meet our standards, our regulations that we have in place. That is to ensure that we are protecting 185 aquatic species in that delta. Um, most of them are, of course, invasive and non-native species. Um, we also have salinity levels in the delta that they are trying to protect, um, you know, from salt, you know, invading the whole thing. And there are different things that they are trying to protect in the delta um, from leaching out into other sources of water um, by those numbers. But that is a significant amount of water that it leaves is. that leaves that delta every single day goes out to the million ocean. acre feet a year a year yes wow yes for for somebody who has no concept of what 10 million acre feet a year mm -hmm. um, would do for us can you put that into 
um, terms that maybe some of us can relate to? So in an average year in Kern County, we use 3.4 million acre feet. Holy cow, so water. that's almost three times what we as a <laughs> county actually use. Does that blow your mind, Adelaide? That's that's crazy to think about. I mean, that's a lot, too. And yeah, I knew it was a lot. I just didn't know it was that much. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. And and actually, if I could squeeze in a question, too. Of course. Just, to, you know, when I'm driving up the 99 freeway, I'll, I'll see these signs, you know, like from the ag industry, if you will, just like, release our water. You know, we need more water. Without water, there's no food. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you getting, are, are, is the ag industry receptive to these restrictions or are they actually are they working with everybody and so that's part of those statistics I was talking about with that um, you know the 20% or the 15% so that's the amount of we're not getting a hundred percent of the water we're contracted to get down here Ooh. and that's that ask of give us our water uh, mm-hmm. we have contracts that say we get X amount of water and we get about 15 sometimes five percent of that water annually so it puts a strain on us and that's why we've Mm. become so dependent upon other sources of water and now those are being regulated as well so it's well you're not giving us this so we're going to go try and do this but now you're regulating that so now now what do we do so now we're going to all take one minute showers (laughs) and um you know just be stinky i guess i don't know yeah Oh so with gosh. the we were talking about sigma and when how that's going to impact us here is when sigma goes into effect by 2040 is what they want us to have that is essentially going to put a million acres of farmland out of production here in the central valley wow um, a million acres and that revenue is about seven million dollars a year that we will lose in our state and you know you can look at it as jobs Two, you're, we're going to lose about 65,000 valley jobs. That's just here in the Central Valley um, mm-hmm. of jobs that will be lost because that implementation and the lack of farmland that we will be able to utilize. Um, with that less water, you know, like I said, every district will figure out how much water they'll be able to give to give to farmers and give to, you know, their, their users and everybody will essentially be cut the water that you received 10 years ago 20 years ago those numbers you're our dreamland now you're never going to see that again and um, something that folks are already unfortunately familiar with the inflationary prices they're Mm. seeing um, already at the store um, when you lose that amount of farmland for food production Mm. guess what prices at the grocery store are going to go up even Mm. further Yes, absolutely. And we're going to become more reliant on other other areas. So mm-hmm. we we produce over, you know, two thirds of the nation's fruits and vegetables and nuts right here in California. Well, when you cut our farmland, we're going to be reliant on other places. And the places that grow what we grow here in California is not America. Um, we are the sole producer of so many things right here in California that nowhere else in America and lots of places the world can't grow with it, things that we grow here. So now we're going to be reliant on foreign countries to bring us our food. Um, and trust me, those standards are not anywhere near the food safety standards that we have here. Right. We've seen over the past few years what relying on foreign governments mm-hmm. and foreign countries mm-hmm. to produce items for us has, uh, has brought about. Any other questions you have right now, Adlai? Um, it, it, it's kind of interesting because is there any like 
ideas because I've seen these on the internet. I'm just going to be open about that. You surf but, the internet? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Shocking. Because, I mean, this is big news, the drought. I mean, it's a huge it thing. It's, it's a, a huge, huge concern. Thing. And there's been crazy ideas uh, bringing icebergs from the North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are, are people really thinking about doing things like this? So we talked about like our water supplies from all of our different users are diminished. So really, if we want more water, we have to come up with new water and water mm. we have not utilized. So, I mean, I have I don't personally think we're going to be bringing icebergs <laughs> to Kern County anytime soon. But those new ideas, we have to come up with some new source of water mm. we, that we haven't been using. So, I mean, we here in Kern County, we get water from the state water project. We get water from the federal water project. We use water off the Kern River. We have groundwater sources. We have local streams. So we have five different sources of water, and they are all dwindling. So we yeah. have to come up with new kinds of water. Um, you know, some believe in using produced water, um, which that can be controversial in itself. But, you know, oil, when oil companies pump up oil, a lot of water comes with it. So then they can treat that water, and they actually treat it to be... Um, to be drinking water standards. Right. So mm. they treat it very well so that we can utilize it. And then they, you can blend that water in with other sources so we can utilize that water. That's one of those newer sources of water. Mm. Okay. Um, but we have to come up with new ideas, new ways. What what water? You know, the, um, it was in the news, you know, the desalinization plants down, mm-hmm. in, that, mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. in Southern California that they wanted to do. And they, they exonate that idea. So these are some newer things. We've got to start thinking about where are we going to get our we water. We do, uh, because you got to have water to live. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, this has been some fascinating information, Jenny. Um, I think it's a really good place for us to take a short break. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we get back, I'm going to pick your brain, if you don't mind. Uh, for some tips for all of our listeners on how they can start conserving water at home. Okay. Sounds great. All right. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. It's no fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. 
That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group. Or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at The Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Saturday mornings. And this morning, we're talking with Jenny Holterman, Executive Director of the Water Association of Kern County. And Jenny, so let's say we get a lot of rain this upcoming winter. Will that fix the drought? See, there's never one happy golden fix for us. <laughs> but rain would definitely help us. It sure would. Rain, as much rain as we can get, snow in the mountains, and that will definitely help. But what if it was a lot of rain? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that would be a new be source, better. right? <laughs> Something we we aren't currently, you know, using, mm. right? All right. But no, I, I. it's a great question, Adeline, a great thought. But um, I think absent uh, any new instantly available ideas um, or a, uh, a lot of rain, a <laughs> lot, I mean, um, I think we have to start focusing more on conservation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like uh, to have Jenny share with us some, some ideas about how residents can conserve water, uh, specifically how they can conserve at home. Um, so when I think of water, I think of the bathroom, right? Um, because I'm pretty sure that's where the majority of our water consumption at home, our residential water consumption, uh, takes place. Um, so tell us, Jenny, how can homeowners save water in the, the restroom? By doing a lot. And actually, just every, I wanted to say that every little bit does does count. So an average American uses about 100,000 gallons of water. Um, and we have over a million people here in Kern County. So think about that. Do that math. You're going <laughs> to, every little bit does, does help. So just by doing simple little things like turning off the water while you brush your teeth, just by turning off that while you, you know, brush, 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 you can save four gallons of water per person per day. That's wow. more than a hundred, that's more than a thousand gallons of water a year, just while you're brushing your teeth. That's not talking about shaving or washing dishes. Um, just just turn it off while you brush your teeth. That's easy. And then we like to say take five-minute showers or less. So we have water um, genies and wizards that we've wrapped with towers. You've prob- hopefully you've yes. seen them around, yes. uh, around uh, Kern County. So we have a shower fairy on 178 and Morning Drive. She has a little five-minute um, watch in her hand. And she will tell you at five minutes to get out of the shower. Because that five-minute shower can take about 20 gallons of water, where a 10-minute shower can take about 40 gallons of water. Why so much more? Well, it's double, 20 to 40. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason. Okay. <laughs> okay, people. I was reaching for my calculator. Don't Thank worry. You. I Thank was you. too. Okay. But if you, I heard a different number. Okay. If you do that math, though, it's about 1,000 gallons a month that you could save just by taking shorter showers. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the Water Association of Kern County YouTube channel, we have five-minute song playlists. So listen to that oh. song when you're in the shower. When the song's over, it's time to get out of the shower. I like it. <laughs> Very clever way to think outside of the uh-huh. box to reach the public. I like it. 
All right. Anything else in the bathroom? You know, I think that's most of what you do. Just turn the faucet off, you know. And leaky faucets are another big one, too, though. Because a leaky faucet can waste, like, over 3,000 gallons a year just by sitting letting it drip, drip, drip. So just fix it. It's usually probably a gasket or something that's loose or something you can probably just fix yourself. Just fix those leaky faucets because that's just water that's sitting there dripping um, Mm -hmm. that you could keep. All right. So what about the kitchen and the laundry room? Yes. Um, So hand washing your dishes uses five times the amount of water as an efficient dishwasher. So don't rinse those things. Just put them in the dishwasher and let the dishwasher do the work. If you have an efficient dishwasher, um, it will it'll work so much better and and save all of that so don't pre-wash mm-hmm yes scrub all yes. the stuff and if off. you want to <laughs> rinse it you know don't run your faucet while you're rinsing the dishes so you have a tub or something that you do or wet the sponge and just do that instead um, let the dishwasher do all the work for you i like um, it yeah and then you know in the laundry so a front loading washing machine uses a third less um, i'm sorry um than the top loading washer machine. Okay. So you want a front loader. So a front loader mm-hmm. is more efficient. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, Great. Yep, yep. Okay. So that that helps those things. And then of course doing things not during the heat of the day. Oh yeah. So if we do them at night or, you know, in the early morning, that that does help. That saves my, uh, water as well. Okay. So not only are you saving water, but you're also probably saving money because mm-hmm. Uh, any use of electricity in those peak hours is generally at a peak price as yep. well. Yep, absolutely. All right. What about uh, when we talk about conserving water, what about front and backyard landscaping? Yes. So actually, um, the outside is the largest user of water. But I want a green grass. I, I want a green yard. Well, I want to have the most beautiful yard on the street. So I hope my gardener's listening because <laughs> he's not doing a very good job right Uh-oh. now. Okay. I have a pretty Side lawn, note. and my lawn is green all year round because I have a fake lawn. Ah, oh. see, I was going to ask you about artificial <laughs> turf. Yes, so just by removing your lawn, you can save 44,000 gallons of water a year. Wow. Yes. So now, 100,000 minus 44,000, gosh, we are down to... Pretty good. 56,000. <laughs> Gosh, go to the head of the class. Yes. Yeah. So, and I mean, of course, some people, that's not an option. You know, it can be expensive. I was lucky right. enough to buy a home that already had it, so I didn't have mm-hmm. to pay for it. But, um, you know, just like we said, watering your lawn in the early morning or late at night. Because okay. if you water your lawn during the heat of the day, you're going to lose a lot of water to evaporation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just not good for anybody. Um, and we... Also, if you want to make sure that you have your sprinklers on a timer and you're not soaking your lawn. So if you put a hose out there and you're soaking your lawn, that's not an efficient use either. You want to have your sprinklers set to a timer so that you know, okay, they're going to get like, you know, 20 minutes or or whatever. So you have that set and you're not going to waste the water. Um, But also if you set your mowing blades when you're mowing the lawn to three inches or less, that encourages deeper roots to grow and that can save water too because oh, they're not going to be shallow rooted you're going to have those deeper roots on your lawn oh that's great so three inches or, or less or yeah. mm-hmm. okay now Janie, i wanted uh, just to comment on your uh fake lawn <laughs> now i lived in arizona for a few years uh-huh. and it was rocks and cactus oh. that was your landscape and i, th- I feel like they're kind of doing that somewhat here too yes. and i just thought man it's 
you can't really roll around on the rocks. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't play football with the kids or anything. But fake the lawn. fake lawn, I like that. Yeah. So thanks My for bringing that up. My dog still rolls around on the fake lawn. He, does. he doesn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> no mowing, no no trimming, yeah. nothing, huh? It'll you. save you money on your landscaping bill too. Because you just need him to to blow off the leaves or whatever. You know? right, <laughs> right. That's save great. Money. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Again, he better be listening. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so what about uh, rainwater harvesting? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that very little bit of rain that we actually do get. Um, can homeowners collect that rainwater and use it for their landscaping? Does it, does it make a difference? Yeah, I mean, every little bit helps. I mean, if you want to put some buckets out there and harvest the rain when it comes, I mean, great, go for it. I think that we need to do more of that if if you have the ability. I mean, we only get about five inches a year mm-hmm. down here. So, and that's sporadic over, you know, how the mm-hmm. whole year. So, you know, we, we very rarely get more than an inch at a time. So right. I don't know how much you would really be able to, to harvest where okay. we live here, but right. definitely, I mean, if you have a place in the mountains or, you know, somewhere else up in Northern California where it rains more, it's probably a more viable option. Okay, so what about pools? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in ground, above ground pool, that that's going to take a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any way that you can cut back on usage there? Well, we would suggest covering your pool in the winter time, so to make sure that you're not gonna, you know, lose water for evaporation oh, or things evaporation. like that. Okay. Yeah. So covering it when you're not going to be using it in those other months, then that that's a great um, way to help with that. And then I know it's hard when people have to do pool work and you know mm-hmm. drain their pool or whatnot, but if you can utilize that water. I would suggest trying to do that. Work with your, you know, pool company and try and see if you can utilize that water. Save it for landscaping or, you know, pass it along to your purveyor and see if they can use that water. Don't let it just, just go down, run the, down drain. the gutter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes me sad. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we switch gears a little bit here, um, let's talk about appliances. Um, does it make much of a difference if homeowners choose high efficiency products um it does yeah like water sense label yes. or energy star label absolutely those high efficient like we were talking about with washing your dishes it's those high efficient dishwashers and you know washing machines and and whatnot they they capitalize and use as minimal amount of water as they need so i would definitely recommend that there are a lot of rebates out there for homeowners to upgrade their systems when they need it so check with you know your local water supplier or even um, the state water there's saveourwater.org is the state website and they have all kinds of rebates and programs in place to help you upgrade your low efficient to a high efficient um, and at a cheaper cost. So I would highly wow. recommend you look up those if anybody is trying, you know, if you need a new appliance, because those high efficients definitely um, are worth it. Okay, great. So now I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but once we are out of the drought, okay, power of positive thinking, <laughs> don't be laughing at me. Um, so once we are out of the drought, um, can people go back to their old habits or should we from here on out be in a constant state of trying to conserve 
I don't think we will ever um, be, you know, out of this conservation mode um, or else we'll get back into it. And I think that's what's gotten into us into this place. You know, back when um, when Brown was our governor, he put in mandatory restrictions on everybody, on residents and ag- agriculture never went away. But there's the restrictions that he said were mandatory. Everybody had to conserve. And he I think it was 30 percent, I think is what uh Governor Brown said, and it was mandatory. And then that went away, and then everybody went back to their life, and now we're here again, um, and we're worse off. So it it's it's not going away. This is what we need to make we need to make this part of our daily life. Um, and and there are things that you know they've done to try and and do that from a regulatory standpoint. But it's you know it's the consumer that needs to be cognizant of their water usage and. And if we all do this together and we are all a part of the, we will all be part of the solution. Um, so it really does take all of us to, to, to be consistent with it and not just stop and start wasting water again. That makes complete and total sense. Um, so on the other hand, Jenny, what's going to happen if the drought continues to worsen? Um, what effects do you see it having on our county? Well, we're going to get less and less water supply. Um, And I mean, you can see it in our surrounding areas. I mean, just look at Tulare County. It was in the news this week that another town lost, like, they don't have water. And how many towns in Tulare, and they're right over, I mean, they're not that far from us. And there's towns there that have literally gone dry. I don't think that is far-fetched for us to think that that could happen here. Um, With the implementation of Sigma, here in Kern County alone, we'll have, it's estimated, there's lots of different numbers, but it's estimated that we'll have about 250,000 acres of farmland out of production just here in Kern County. Um, so that's going to affect all of us. I mean, even if you're not involved in agriculture, that's going to affect you. If a farmer goes out of business, you know, they're not buying tractors, they're not buying parts, they're not sending their kid to Little League anymore. There's all these trickle-down effects that are going to affect our, our livelihood here, our economy here. And I mean, just like we've seen the oil industry, um, you know, diminish here, the agriculture industry is diminishing as well. And that's going to affect us all um, in the long run. Uh, there's a lot of, of uh, domino effect things that, that will come into effect here. Well, I'm, one thing I'm thinking about, if we could real quick go back, you mentioned some towns in Tulare County up north. Mm-hmm. What, if a city runs out of water, I mean, that's hard to imagine i mean is it is it as as much as like you turn on the sink and nothing comes out yeah in some that's areas exactly that's exactly what it. happens yeah, that's oh it. my goodness that's it i mean they bring in bottles of water and that's or tanks of water and you live mm-hmm. off of a tank of water and try washing your dishes with a bottle of water i mean it's it's hard it's living in like a third world country essentially it's, that is amazing and that's what an hour away yeah mm-hmm. that's not that far away mm-hmm. and, and I, i'm thinking i mean you travel to other places to get water you're bringing in bottled water and everything too this is something that i know nobody's going to want to hear but economically speaking if we raise the price of water wouldn't people use less you would think so but you know maybe not um you know I, I always believe that um, in a capitalistic society, there is a number at which people will not pay X dollars for Y commodity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything has its breaking point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but um you know what is that and yeah you know that i don't know that's yeah that's just one of those things i think about and then and are you if you if you impose something like something like that are you actually hurting mm. those that are least likely or least able to afford it your your middle class um average right. person um you know is it impacting their water bill uh, more than it is some commercial producer i don't know I think you've seen that already in agriculture. Um, you see a lot of the smaller farmers unable to afford those water bills. And in Kern County, we have a diminishing population of the family farm, and we are mm-hmm. becoming larger and larger farms because they are able to afford that that water mm-hmm. cost. Um, I mean, we, we've talked about it where, you know, that we only get about 15, 25 percent of our water that we have contracted here. But, you know, our districts and our farmers are still paying that infrastructure cost. Right. So that, uh, that infrastructure cost is a flat, like you could say a flat fee. Mm-hmm. Whether you get 100% of your water or 5% of your water, you pay the exact same infrastructure cost. Mm. Um, that covers, you know, the upkeep, the maintenance, the staff, the employees. That number doesn't change, but then you pay, you know, how much you get as well. Um, right. So it's, you know, that people are already seeing that pinch where that number isn't changing if i'm still buy, i'm still getting very little amount of water but i'm still paying this large fee up here which yeah. would be the same fee if i were getting all of my water mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah Did, there was an article i think it was last month or so in um sacramento b that said that there was four million acres of lawns in the state of california um, if you just consider lawn as an agricultural crop, it would be the highest agricultural crop in the mm-hmm. state um, because we have so much lawn here. Just And that includes golf courses, residents, you know, any kind of lawnscape. We have 4 million acres of lawn in wow. the state of California. So that's a big number. So think about that. It oh is. Oh, my goodness. It is. Well, yeah. and I know when I moved here, my husband was like, we have to have, uh, we have, to have a gardener. We have to have a sprinkling system. And uh, we'll have green grass all year long. And I'm like, what? Grass is dormant in the winter. Mm-hmm. No, not here. Because <laughs> you have winter rye. <laughs> like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is part of the California mentality, yeah. the California lifestyle. Well, I see Adelaide signaling me it's almost time uh, for the show to be up. But I have one last question for you. What do you think? is the solution to end the drought. Is there one thing or maybe a few things that can be done to put us in a better situation in California? Or do you want to say, I'm not going to answer that question? (laughs) I think there's just little things that we could all be doing. You know, everybody should be conserving water. Um, We all should be aware of our water usage and how much water we have. Um, I think our state could could help us with infrastructure and storage. Um, We get a lot of rain and snow in certain parts of our state in Northern California and we could be doing a better job at capturing that um, and utilizing that. Um, we might have you know very high regulations that keep water from coming to us as well so those could use some work um, to make some of that water more usable to us but I don't think there's a one thing that we could do i think it's a combination of of everything but i think it's water is a vital component to 
to everything that we do here in Kern County and in California. And I think people just need to be more um, aware of that and more aware of what it's used for. Um, You know, we grow some of the most, you know, unique things Mm -hmm. here in California, specialty crops that literally can't be grown anywhere else in the world. So we need to protect some of those. Um, We have a very high demand of water from people. So people should also be more aware of their usage and um, practice conservation there as well Um, and keep it part of your life like we talked about this isn't going away this needs to be a lifestyle change Um, and just make sure that you are informed with your water supplier of what days a lot of different areas have days that you should be watering based off of your addresses are you even odd what day you should be watering and make sure that you're sticking to that um, mm-hmm. and make sure you are actually reducing your water. Um, Newsom suggested that we reduce our water by 20%. Right. That was a suggestion, but I think we should all make sure it happens and that will help us a lot. Well, I think it's far better for us to act on our own mm-hmm. than to have it forced on us. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you would like our audience to know before we say goodbye? Just, you know, like we were saying, the water is is vital to to life here. And it really does fuel our economy, our jobs, our our industries here. And um, we need it. And we need to protect that precious resource um, by all of us working together. So please, if you're not already, you know, be practicing water conservation. Um, you can follow our, we have a fun little um, conservation campaign called Don't Be That Guy KC on social media uh-huh. <laughs> and teaches you how to not, don't be that guy wasting water. Here's some fun ways that you can actually conserve. So we try and put some, you know, fun light on it and uh, make it fun to do that. So if you need some ideas, we've got lots of ideas for conservation and water tips and tricks. So um, tell us how they can reach you. Yes, so follow Don't Be That Guy KC um, on Instagram, Facebook for all the for all the water conservation tips and tricks. And you can check us out at wakc.com. We have a great conservation tab there with all kinds of ideas. If you are, you know, in the water professional world, um, you can become a member and we would be happy to have you at one of our upcoming luncheon speakers um, at our summit or, you know, to be well versed on water. Perfect. Jenny, I I really can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to be with us this morning. Um, I feel like I really do have a much better understanding of the water issues that Kern County and the state of California are facing. Um, And I've actually picked up a a few great water conserving tips, too. So thank you very much for that. Um, Hopefully our listeners have gotten a wealth of information as well. So a heartfelt thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in today and each and every week. Uh, Today we've connected you with Jenny Holterman, the Executive Director of the Water Association of Kern County. Hopefully we've helped you understand the water issues here in Kern County a bit more and you've learned some new ways to conserve water at home. Thanks for tuning in. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Saturday at 11 a.m. Remember, if there are details of today's topic you'd like to revisit or you know someone who would enjoy this information and couldn't tune in this hour, you can catch our Encore presentation each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. here on KNZR just before Sean Hannity. 
Or if that doesn't work, you can hear this and previous shows wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Kern County Real Estate Review and listen to your heart's content. Last but not least, you can go to our website, www.themccartygroup.com, and there you can search our entire library of previous shows. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a blessed day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be back next week.